confess. And what you don't know can hurt you. Tell somebody you got to know the word. Come on, tell somebody like you mean it. You got to know the word. <laughs> and here's something that a lot of people are saying right now. They like to say, God will never give you more than you can handle. That sounds right, and it sounds spiritual, but what does the Bible actually say? We find that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible says this, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape so that you will be able to bear it. You'll see pretty quickly in that verse that it's only talking about one thing, and that's temptation. Somebody say temptation. Nothing more and nothing less. This is not a blanket statement about every aspect of life. It's talking about being tempted by sin. Let's read that again. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Tell somebody, God is faithful. The Bible says he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. When we're being tempted by sin, God will never allow us to be tempted by beyond what we can bear. I just took away all your excuses this Sunday morning. <laughs> Tell my pastor, I just couldn't help it. You can't help it because the Bible says you can help it. God will never let you be tempted beyond what you can resist. And God promised you, because He is faithful, He will give you a way of escape. When it comes to temptation, God will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. But that is far different than saying nothing will happen to you in this life that you're not able to handle. In fact, the opposite is often true, isn't it? There are times in life when God gives us things, pressure, circumstances, expectations that are actually far more than we can handle. Maybe you're here today and you're facing more than you can handle. Financial pressure, gas price pressure, grocery price pressure, job market pressure, uh, retirement account pressure, maybe a bad report from the doctor, maybe a relationship that's not working, maybe pressure in the workplace or pressure at home. And maybe you've had a well-meaning person to come up to you and say, don't worry, God will never give you more than you can handle. You see, that sounds like good advice until you're the one going through something. Because you know on the inside, this is more than I can handle. <laughs> if you're facing more than you can re-handle, really handle right now, let me tell you what God says, okay? Do you want to know this morning, the truth is God will never give you more than you can handle. God will never give you more than He can handle. There will be times when you cannot handle what you're going through, but hear me this morning, God is more than able to bring you through it. It might be too much for you, but it is not too much for Him. The Bible says in Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God will never give you more than He can handle when you can't. He can. 
And I am thoroughly convinced that God will regularly and routinely put us in a position where we can't handle the situation we're in. Why? So we'll stop trying to depend on ourselves. Stop trying to get through this on your own and start relying on God because you can't handle it, but He can. This morning, I want to give you three situations when it's often more than we can handle. Number one, when the assignment is more than you can handle. When the assignment is more than you can handle. You see this over and over and over again in the Scriptures. God repeatedly gave people assignments that were too big for their own abilities. God said, Moses... I'm sending you to Egypt to liberate my people. And Moses said, God, I can't do it. I can't even talk right. In Judges chapter 6, God tells Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to raise you up, mighty warrior, to defeat the Midianites. And Gideon says, God, I can't do it. I'm the weakest member of the weakest family of the smallest tribe in Israel. I don't have what it but God has a way of giving us assignments that are beyond our own ability. In fact, if your destiny doesn't require a miracle, it's not God's destiny for your life. If your destiny doesn't require a miracle, it's not God's destiny because God will consistently call you beyond your own abilities. Got two amens. I'll take them. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If your dream is not impossible, you're not dreaming big enough. People may make fun of you. They say you'll never do it, but you can look at the doubters and the haters and all the people who say it's impossible and you tell them what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Whether your assignment is to be a missionary in Thailand or a mother to a teenager, which I imagine is more difficult, there will be times when it's more than you can handle. And God will always give you a bigger assignment that you can manage on your own so you'll depend on Him to fulfill that assignment and not yourself. The great Apostle Paul even reached the place where he couldn't handle the assignment on his own. Listen to what he said in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. He said, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but... This happened that we might rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. When the assignment is more than you can handle, it's because God wants you to rely on Him to see you through it. One, when the assignment is more than you can handle. Two, when suffering is more than you can handle. I wish I could promise that this Christian life is, life is all happiness and giggles, but I can't say that. You will face challenges along the way. There will be times when you face difficult situations, and there will be times when it's more than you can handle by yourself. And God will allow you to go through those seasons, not because He wants you to suffer, but because He wants you to trust in Him when you don't have what it takes. Some people, when they go through trials, they turn away from God. You know, I'll never understand that. When you're going through a tough situation, that's when you run to God, not away from Him. 
That's when we need them the most. If you're going through the trial anyway, if you got to suffer anyway, it might as well be you and Jesus getting through it together than you all by yourself. Sometimes it's in the trial that we find out who God really is. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know what faith in God's Word could do. Sometimes God will allow us to go through difficult seasons so we'll learn to trust in Him and not ourselves. I think about Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah? Basically, God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach to them. Now, that sounds exciting, but you've got to understand that Nineveh was not a city in Israel. Nineveh was the capital city of the enemies of Israel, the Assyrian Empire. <laughs> and God tells Jonah, Jonah, go to the enemy. Go to those people over there that hate you and you hate them and tell them I'm going to have mercy on them. And Jonah said, Nineveh, no, I won't go. See, Jonah was running from God. Jonah didn't want to do it, so he ran the other way. Instead of listening to the voice of God, he ran in the opposite direction. And just like with us, when we ignore the voice of God, Jonah, things started to go downward. And after a series of unfortunate events, Jonah found himself in a storm, thrown overboard, and then he got catfished. <laughs> he got swallowed by a big old fish. Where did Jonah end up? Nineveh. And look what Jonah said in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Notice what Jonah didn't say. He didn't say, In my success. He said, In my distress. It's amazing how quickly we become aware of how much we need God when we're going through something. Jonah was in a mess and he realized this is more than I can handle. And as soon as he realized that, as soon as he came to terms with his own limited ability, he cried out to God. What do we do when we're in distress? Do what Jonah did. You cry out to God. Jonah said, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. When your life's in the balance, that's time to remember God. It's time to remember the one who saved you. It's time to remember the one who said that he would never leave you and never forsake you. It's time to remember all that God has done for you. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. David said in Psalm 103, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Jonah, remember the Lord in his distress. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Don't let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of the Savior. Don't let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of the Savior. Because every now and then, the wind's going to blow and the waves are going to crash. But don't let the storm make you doubt the presence of the Savior. Because He will never leave you and never will He forsake you. When Jonah was in the storm, he cried out to God, and God heard him. Somebody needs to hear this this morning, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I could just read those two verses and go home because that says what needs to be said to somebody this morning. Be anxious for nothing. You think you're worrying over the price of eggs 
is going to lower the price of eggs. Worrying about it and staying up all night and worried about your situation and the mess you're going through and the storm you're in is not going to fix it. Be anxious for nothing. And when that worry tries to take a hold of you, this is what it says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Take it to Jesus. And you know what? Take it to Him with a thankful heart. Amen. And when you take it to Him, that's when the peace of God comes. So when you're suffering, when it's more than you can handle, you cry out to God. And here's what else you do. You take your eyes off yourself. The worst thing you could do in a trial or a storm is get to a place where all you think about and all you talk about is how bad it is and how bad I feel. I just don't deserve this and this is just so terrible. The worst thing you you could do is get so focused on yourself to the point where it's all about you. There's a modern American hymn that we like to sing. I exalt me. I exalt me. Come on, we think about me, me, me all day long. We are so hyper-focused, not on lifting up the name of Jesus, but thinking about all the stuff that we're going through and all the stuff that we're feeling. And I can't believe they said that about me and she did that to me. And I can't believe he put that on Instagram. We get so focused on ourselves that we make ourselves miserable. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request be made known to God. Hello. Listen, it is not all about you. I give you permission to say that to the person sitting next to you. Come on, tell them it's not about you. Amen. (laughs) Out of all the people in the Bible, a few people suffered more than Job. Job went through a lot of heartache and a lot of loss. Job even had some woe-is-me moments. But I want you to look at the moment when things turned around for him. Job 42.10. After Job had prayed, not for himself, not for his own troubles. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortune and gave him twice as much as he had. Job was a lot worse off than his friends. But when he prayed for them, God turned it around in his own life. God turned it around when Job got his eyes off of himself. He had legitimate problems, but he stopped focusing on the mess. The kingdom of God is not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. Whatever your greatest need is right now, I'm going to challenge you this morning. Sow that into somebody else's life. If it's not enough to meet your need, then it's a seed, and you need to sow it and minister to somebody else. Maybe you're suffering from loneliness right now. Go be a friend to somebody who's lonely. Whatever you need, sow it into somebody else's life. Get your eyes off of yourself and go help somebody else. Maybe you battle depression. Maybe you're discouraged. Go find somebody and encourage them today. Don't be the kind of person who brings up a room when they walk out. If you need encouragement, sow encouragement. It's the biblical law of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6-7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Tell somebody, you reap what you sow. Do you believe that? you believe the Word of God? Then what are you sowing right now? 
Maybe one of the reasons you're so discouraged is that you're sowing discouragement and never encouraging anybody. Some of y'all are so negative, you can make Joel Osteen depressed. Listen, I don't care how bad it is, there's always something you can thank God for in your life. Unthankfulness, the Bible calls it sin. Do you know that? 2 Timothy 3, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. There's always something to be thankful for, even in the bad times. So I challenge you, child of God, get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes on Jesus, and go find other people to help. If you're here today, you need encouragement, find somebody and encourage them, and you just might get some encouragement yourself. Here's the last one. I'm almost done. Three times when it's more than you can handle, when the assignment is more than you can handle, when suffering is more than you can handle, and my last point this morning, when sin is more than you can handle. Let me tell you about a guy in the Bible named David. David was the king of Israel, and David made a king of all mistakes. David messed up bad. You see, Israel was in the middle of a war, and normally David would be on the battlefield commanding the army, but this time David decided he would stay home. Let somebody else fight the good fight. David was supposed to be in the battlefield, but instead he was hanging out in the bedroom. And David walked out into his balcony at the royal palace, and he looked over the rooftops, and he saw a UFO, an unclothed female object. What does David do? He commits adultery. And if it wasn't bad enough, David tried to cover up his mistakes, so he had the woman's husband sent to the front lines in the heat of the battle so he would die on the battlefield. Not only did he commit adultery, but he committed murder trying to cover it up. David messed up bad, and he knew it. Listen to what he said in Psalm 38 4. He said, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Listen, the burden of sin is far too heavy for you to handle. If you hang on to sin and guilt, it will destroy your life. Sin may seem harmless in the beginning, and it's even fun for a season, but sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you far more than you were ever willing to pay. Sin is a heavy burden, but Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are labor, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're bound by sin this morning, Jesus will set you free. And here's the truth. We all need Jesus. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has failed. Every one of us has missed the mark. Let me just do a little survey this morning. Show of hands. How many of you in your life have ever told a lie? Ever said something that wasn't true? Okay. Misinformation police, watch them. Okay. Number two, how many of you have ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? Anybody? Oh, I did. Boy, in second grade, I was a lunchroom band, and I was getting quarters during nap time. <laughs> but I repented. Hey, man, God saved me. Come on, one more time. Anybody's ever taken anything that didn't belong to them? Okay? 
Look around, ushers, watch, watch them. All right, last one. How many of you have ever driven over the speed limit anywhere, okay? Oh, yeah. So uh, if you answered yes to any of those questions, come on, throw those hands up again. Everybody look around. We got a room of lion, thieving, rule breakers this morning. <laughs> All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God knew that sin was too much for us to handle. That's why He sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven. Romans 6.23 says this, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus died on the cross. He paid our debt. And to prove that God accepted the sacrifice, He raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of God forever interceding for you and me. Romans 10 out of 10 says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can have eternal life if you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Will you pray for me? Pray with me just a moment as I pray for you today as they turn to Turn the lights down this morning. Let's just take a moment of prayer. God, I pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, for those who are not following you. God, I pray for those maybe who have walked with you before, but they've fallen away from their faith. God, I thank you that in your love and your mercy, you're calling them back to you today. Lord, you came to seek and save those who were lost. Lord, you put the one over the 99. God, you chase and pursue those who don't know you, God, because you love them. You care for them. You gave your all to save them, to reach them, to redeem them, to set them free, to take the guilt and the weight of sin off of their life, to give them hope and peace and freedom through Jesus Christ. And God, I pray, Lord, that they would not miss this moment, but they would have faith today to put their life in your hands, to trust you, to follow you from this moment forward, that they would make a forever decision today to follow Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving on somebody's heart that this is going to change somebody's eternity today. God, I thank you, Lord, that they're not here by accident or by mistake, but Lord, you sent them here today, God, to hear the gospel and in this moment make the decision, I will put my trust in Jesus. God, I thank you that those who follow you will never be put to shame. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful, that your word is true that your love is real, and that your hope is unending. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful moment today. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us be a part of it. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer to help you make that decision and start your lifelong journey of faith in Jesus. Will you pray this with me, Jesus? Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in you. Jesus, you are Lord. You are my Savior. God raised you from the dead. And if He raised you from the dead, He can give me new life. And with your help, I'll follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand to your feet and let's celebrate? Come on, if, you, if you've been redeemed, you've been set free, will you just worship big this morning? Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for your life. We thank you for your freedom. We thank you, Lord. You've broken the weight of sin. You've broken the curse of sin and shame. And we thank you and we praise you this morning.